Conversations. conversations okay you guys welcome to today's conversations i am so excited i'm so excited i've got Gwazi lamino with me Gwazi, so quickly introduce every introduce everyone introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and what you do uh hello everyone as Seva said my name is Gwazi, uh and i am from trade i actually teach english online um and we go to church together we go to church and together. one thing Seba cannot tell you or that you cannot experience right now is how good i smell actually i'm sorry for not saying that you actually smell really nice i I know i do you smell uh... really nice i wanted to say it but like yeah you're nervous it's okay (laughs) (laughs) stop it um so did a sermon right on sunday and he titled the sermon the burden of performance or resting from the burden of performance rather Mm. it was so good thank you it was so i i want to call it the best sermon i've heard this year because of one how real it was how practical it was and how relevant it was Mm. right so firstly i want to talk about what is performance how would we define performance well i think performance firstly means that there's like a a target or Mm -hmm. a goal or a way to measure it and even then, um, when it's measured, there's sort of a goal. Because like by itself, like it, it means nothing. Okay. So, I mean, for example, let's say someone was running. They might ask, how did he perform? Right. Um, firstly, well, what's the goal? How long is he running for? And like, what, what is an achievement, uh, if that makes sense? So 15 right. seconds, that's performance that can be measured. Right. So something that can be measured and that has a goal. Okay. Um, yeah, that's what I think performance is. And then you said, whether we like it or not, we are always performing. Just, Tlambe, for everyone who's going, I have no idea what the hell are they talking about. Tlambe, just break it down to what do you mean by everyone is always performing? So what I, I meant by that, and I'll, I'll mention a couple of things I said in the preach, is that there's, there's always um, expectations from society, your community, and family. And whether you know it or not... Uh, this burden of performance is on you and you do perform. And what I meant by that is, for one thing, if you are obeying the law, right. then you are performing. Um, if you are being a good family member within a family, you, you are performing. Yeah. Um, if you are um, a good member to your community, in some way you are performing, whether it's taking out your trash and pla- placing it on the right side of the road right. or picking up the trash as you should, um, in that certain part of your community to keep your neighbors happy and to fulfill some sort of expectation of you Mm -hmm. as a community member, as a family member, as a member in society, that is performing. Is it a performance? Tell me. So I'm hearing you say whenever I'm showing up for other people, be it at work, in my community, in my family, I am automatically performing. Yeah. If a city, no one puts... In some perfect world, no one is putting an expectation on me. Am I mm-hmm. still performing? Even if I in Clamber, it's goals that I set for myself. Okay, okay, that and makes sense. And I'm showing sense. up for my own goals. In some perfect world where nobody else expects anything from me, mm-hmm. it's just Pilanjingi one, and me showing up all the time, am I still performing? Well, I think it's interesting what you say about in a perfect world, in a right. vacuum. Uh, which is, is very hard to, to even think that way, where no one, literally zero expectations of you. And right. you show up. I think you would do less 
if that was the case. Yeah, if that was the case, you, you would do less. I think human beings are motivated by the, the burden of performance. So I think it's impossible to perform without the burden of performance because in some way, someone expects something of you. I'm hearing you say we, we go beyond ourselves because of the expectation of others. So maybe not, not go beyond ourselves. I do think that there is a place where you cross the line, mm -hmm. where you overperform. But even those people who don't think they're performing, um, you, are. Right, you are. And let me right, give you an right. example. It's the same as saying, um, is someone who goes to school every day um, overperforming? And actually, the, the answer is no, he's doing what he should. But right. it's still an expectation and he's still fulfilling that burden of performance right. to say, at your age, you need to go to school every right. day. Do your homework and um, get good grades. Now, is that a huge thing to ask of a child? I don't think so. We went through it. Right. But it's just burdens at different levels. I wouldn't call it going beyond unless you're over pushing yourself. Right. And, you know. and now you speak of performance being a burden, mm. right? I find it in the beginning of your, of your sermon, you spoke of it being a burden. And later on, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, of this is a burden. This is this comes with being human, I guess, yeah. right? Um, and then when is it unhealthy? When does it become an unhealthy burden? Ooh, that's a very good question. Uh, can I answer it backwards? Okay. Okay. Uh, I hope that you can and the people will be able to understand. Um, I don't think necessarily that the burden of performance is a bad thing. Okay. As I said, it, it makes us who we are. It's the reason why we do the things we do, like go to school, get a job. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. But if you look at it from a moralistic point of view, it can be very difficult to draw the line. Because, mm -hmm. for example, um, let's say, for example, I was only friends with you because mm -hmm. I like to be on conversations. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the burden of performance on you to say, the only way you can fulfill your friendship with me is to provide me with conversations. Right. That's where it can become unhealthy. But if you're looking at it from a moralistic point of view, mm -hmm. then you can say, ah, that's a bit wrong. Like, quasi, you're just using me. Right. But then again, you can go to the extreme end is who is not using who. Mm -hmm. Everyone is using someone to some extent in their friendship. That's true. Whether you think so or not. So that's why I don't think it's a a moralistic question of like crossing the line. It's that's very hard to answer. I think it's a very mm. individual answer to what you're right. comfortable with as a person. Right. But I don't think it is necessarily a a right or wrong type of question. Mm -hmm. It just it is what it is. Right. Yeah. Right. And right. to all those people who who might think yeah I'm virtuous like I love my friends because I love my friends. A good question to ask is this, is how many homeless friends do you have? Oh, that's good. And like the reason why that's a good question to ask is because if you don't have a lot of homeless friends and like the excuse of we don't have a lot of things in common is, is, a, is a weak excuse because like in some way, whether it's something physical like conversations that you're using, mm. Sometimes you just use people's energy. Absolutely. Just to lift you up socially. You know if I call this person, I'm going to feel yeah. good. That's utility. That's, in a sense, fulfilling your burden of performance, whether it's them picking up the phone saying, Hey, Seba. But 
there is no no reverse utility when it comes to something that you don't need when it's someone right. who's homeless if you want to make it moralistic right rather just look at it as a thing that is is that people like to use people and it's not a bad thing it's just the world as it is whether it's for friendship whether it's for money uh, whether it's just for i hate the word use though i hate the word use. i, I almost want to say people need people we do need one another. There you go. I but wanna... we use one another as well. That's I can't. We take help that away. one another. We help one another. We're not sometimes using. not willingly. Sometimes not willingly. Like for example, um, I'll give you a very, very trying to make it practical. Very practical. For example, let's say you phoned me on the phone, say about to talk to me. Hey, Quas, just want to talk to you a little bit. You know, a couple minutes. Now, if I don't say no, and I carry on speaking to you. In a way, you've used me for my time. Yeah. A again, this is not a moralistic thing. It just, it is what it is. You've used me for my time. And you've enjoyed my time. I needed you. Exactly. And you've used <laughs> my time. It's, it's, it's the very thing. to me. I don't want to say, okay, but now, so you're saying there really isn't a way we can determine what this is now becoming a little bit unhealthy. To each his own, basically. What this this yeah. burden of performance is a bit. Yeah, yeah. But now you also need to understand, on the other hand, that with the burden of performance, you're performing for something. Right. It's sort of an achievement at the end. So if you hop straight to ah, I don't want to perform. I don't want to do anything. Then you become useless. And who wants to hang out with someone who's useless? It goes back to the question of how many homeless friends do you have? Right. Because human beings need that utility. Right. So in a sense, you need to decide for you how useful do you want to be to human beings. So in other words, here's the issue with this burden of performance. I think, for example, with performing, um, drawing the line in relationships especially. I need to now we are flawed and we are broken and we are insecure. Yep. So sometimes you can't be doing too much. Yeah. Because you're trying to please everyone. Because I, I love what you said with your performance as you're trying to, there's a goal. Yeah. Whether yeah. I'm aware of that goal or I'm not. Yeah. But there is like a goal I'm trying to reach. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm doing this because this is what I'm trying to get back yeah. or get out of it. Exactly. So now I'm saying in a case where I'm doing a lot for my family. Okay. Okay. It sounds, when I'm looking at it and when I'm hearing it, it sounds like, wow, such a good person. But I'm going like, Extra mile. like I'll take 10 rand from my salary and everything else goes to them. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, um, and it, it sounds very Jesus-y if I can call it yeah. that, right? Yeah. But somewhere at my core, it's not coming from I'm helping out because I can. It's I'm helping out because I need my family to see me. In a particular way. That's exactly right. Again, you're fulfilling that um, burden of performance. And for you, like whether you realize it or not, and, and you said something very key there, is you want your family to, to, for one, to see you in a certain way as someone who cares for them. Right. Um, that is what you're willing to sacrifice, meaning sure. what you do, for what you want them to see you as. Hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, I mean, let's make another example. If if I want someone to see me as a hero, it means I need to do a whole lot. Hmm. But if I don't mind them not seeing me as a hero, I'll do less. Right. And so sometimes we also carry this burden of performance because of our issues. 
mm-hmm. right? Because of our insecurities, because of I need people to like me. So all the time yes, I need people exactly. to like me. A burden of, That's exactly right. Right. A burden of performance in relationships because I'm afraid of being alone. Yeah, well. So I'll do the most because I don't want to be alone. Now, let's talk about how we ease this burden. Because sometimes it gets hectic. Sometimes this burden becomes too heavy. Sometimes it becomes we get to a point where I can't, I can't do this anymore. I particularly don't think that there is any easing it, right? Because we don't live in this vacuum, right? You mentioned, right? Um, the best thing I can suggest is you have your family and your very close group of friends to love you for who you are Mm. and the rest of the world will love you for what you are and you just need to be okay with that i mean let's let's give a a practical example i mean every person who's sort of uh, let's let's talk about your job right i can assure you that and not in any bad way not to say that they hate you but they like you for what you are. You're Absolutely. a great teacher. You're a person who connect, connects well with with the students and you really care about how they do. Right. That's what you are. But in terms of who you are, I'm sure very few people know at your school who Seba is outside Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. So in, in that case, and there's nothing wrong with it, again, it, it just is what it is, but it's a case of utility and you fulfilling that burden of performance. If you just want to rest, you rest at home with those who love you for who you are. But you know, there's something you said on Sunday, which really made like, wow for me. You speak about how, when, like, was for, also it was for the first time that I looked at it in that way. You speak about how the role of Jesus in our lives is he comes and he says, take my burden as lighter. And, you know, and what I heard you say and how I understood you saying is that if there is a greater purpose mm. to your performance, if it's not just they must like me, yeah, it's not just, you know, if there is a greater purpose to your performance, the burden becomes lighter. That's exactly but right. Also, you didn't say we no longer have a burden because I was yeah. like, I was waiting so for. I made sure to particularly not <laughs> say that because it's not the truth. I was waiting for. Oh, Jesus comes in because Wazi started off by saying that um, we all have the burden. It's there. It's there. There's nothing. So I was waiting for him to say, and Jesus comes and he takes it away. And I was like, no more burden. No more burden. (laughs) See? So I arrived with Jesus. Yeah. And that's not what you said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I read the scripture from Matthew, I think it's 11, 28, where he says, rather take on my yoke. Right. It's lighter. And it goes on to, to, to speak about who he is as a person who you would be following. He says, I think, I think he says along the lines of, I'm gentle in spirit. Yes. I'm humble. Um, so he's basically saying I'm worth following. Right. And I'm worth picking up this burden for. So he, he doesn't lift necessarily the, the burden, but he swaps it out for his that is, is lighter and the reward more, more fulfilling. Right. And I think so. I think we would have... Yo, because this burden thing, right? I think the the the, the weight of the burden is much lesser when you realize the mm. purpose. Yeah. When you realize what well, the purpose is not just about getting a Mercedes Benz, although that would be nice. <laughs> um, the purpose is bigger than that. So I want to tell you what happened to me. Okay. So we're sitting in church and I'm listening to a sermon on burden of performance. And I hear you say, 
there's never gonna be a time where you don't have a burden unless, or until you get to heaven right until you get to heaven unless if you're dead then yeah there it goes they're right so he said there's not gonna be a time that you don't have a burden so i find myself i go home and i weep i weep because see i'm not afraid of working hard mm. i'm not afraid of performing but i just had a thing of but i don't want to perform here or what do you mean by what him? i mean is it feels like this burden is not worth it okay in another sense if it's like being in a relationship and you're giving so much but then you realize this is not the right relationship to be giving so much mm. i had a moment of if i'm if, if i'm always going to have this burden of work mm-hmm. in terms of I'm always going to have to give more of myself. I'm always going to. Now, my work is give of yourself. Mm-hmm. To be a great teacher, you have to be willing to give of yourself. Yeah, right? Yeah. And I said, if I'm going to wake up every day, and I I arrive at work at quarter past six, right? Mm-hmm. We're only supposed to be there at quarter past seven. I get to work every morning at quarter yeah, past six. Put in that extra. I put okay. in that extra. And I'm at work after hours to do a job, like listen to children, counsel them, that type of thing, which is fulfilling. I don't mind. But I had a moment of if this is my burden and I'll accept it. But I don't know. Like you want to choose something that you believe is is worth it. There you go. And I realize I'm struggling to see the purpose of this burden in this particular place. It's like I could give this, but I don't want to give this here. I want to give I, I this exactly what you elsewhere. Mean. I want to go perform elsewhere. Yeah. You yeah. know? And uh, um, one thing I, I, I'll say, just after you've said that, is like the word perform is not is not art, artificial or generic. It doesn't mean perform like dance for right. or do stuff for. Mm. But because whether you know it or not, you're performing already. All you're saying is, I'd rather be doing it elsewhere Absolutely. if I am doing it. And it's it's definitely a hard one. Um, yeah, yeah. And did, did you, after hearing that, did you have something in mind of where else you'd rather be putting that work into? I think everybody knows where I yeah. want to put that work in. Yeah. Um, but... Yo, that scripture messed me up. Yo, it messed me like I spent the rest of my Sunday just weeping because I kept saying, if I'm always have this burden, mm. I want to have a chair. But also, the other place was if I have like this, and then I have to say this, I don't want to forget. Then you said, but some burdens are a privilege. Yeah. Maybe let's talk about that a little bit. Of course, of course. Kids. <sighs> Simple one, kids. Kids are, are definitely a privilege. I've met very few parents who, who have kids who said, I don't want my kids. Right. And they've mostly said, most parents will say, it's a privilege to have my kids. Though they drive me nuts and they talk about the burden, that's, though they're expensive, I love my kids and I would give up anything for them. That's definitely an easy one. Would you say, Wuti, we will see the privilege in some of our burdens when we feel the purpose more? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's probably the, like you mentioned, um, with your sort of situation or dilemma that you're in, is for you, you're asking like, what's the purpose? Where's the privilege in this? And that's what most people do struggle with is like, what's this for? What's the end goal? What's the purpose? Or is all of this just in vain? I think Mm. that's where most people go. But after you do, I guess, receive that, 
that prize, whether for you it's, I won't say it on camera, what you've been dreaming of. Right. You'll be glad that you've been doing this mm. for as long as you have. Because it might have seemed like it's been in vain, but all of that performing has led to something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't always see where it's going to lead you, but you just perform because it's where you are. Are you saying every performance has a prize? Um, I, I can't say that. Okay. I, I can't say that. Because in a way, it guarantees that everyone who works hard will, will, will get something. And it's, it's, not, it's not the tr I don't believe that to be the truth. That everyone who works hard will get something. I think if you work smart and you put yourself in the right places around the, the right people and you're the right person, that you, you will succeed and you can get a, right. a bigger reward than someone who works harder than you, which is an entirely different topic by itself. Sure. I love that. I loved it. So um, then how I calmed down, because then I struggled. Mm. <laughs> you don't know. Then I, then I was crying off for my mom resigning. This burden is not for me. <laughs> this is not my burden. Mm. It's not my yoke. God, it's not my yoke. Um, and then how, then I had to really sit and look for the privilege in what I do. Mm. Really look for the yeah. privilege because the, my reality is I'm still here. Yeah. And we don't know for how long that's going to be my reality or my story. Yeah. So, um, really learning to say, but where's the privilege? Also in spaces of just privilege in my friendships. Mm. Privilege, privilege, privilege. And really seeing what is sometimes. And you ended your sermon by saying, we must always look at, it's not, I have to go to work. It's, I get to go to work. Yeah. It's not, oh, I have to show up for my friends. It's, I get to show up for yeah. my friends. I get to be the one my friends come to really yeah. struggling, you know? And what a privilege that is. Yeah. And then I sat and I thought, I get to be, no matter how tiring and exhausted I am, I get to be the teacher the children come to and say, Miss, I've got a problem. Yeah, yeah. You know? And look, th that sounds very, very easy to say, especially to you when you get students who come to you every mm. day with problems. Yeah. But I can guarantee you that there are people out there who wish someone would tell them their problems. Like, right. I wish someone would just tell me. I, I would love to help right. if I can. I would love to give in whatever way. Whereas we're in a position where we're constantly sort of seeing that happen and people are coming, you're actually getting tired, which, which is normal. There's nothing right. wrong with But when you have that constantly, you forget that there's people out there who say, like, I wish someone would come and, and just... Like I would love to help to anyway, help or counsel or say right. something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Wazi. This has been awesome. Of oh, course. this has been awesome. Invite me for another one. I will. Oh, I love you for watching.